0: To Simple Man Sports Lone Star. Oh, hello, and welcome to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. I am your host, Dane Pal. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Simple Man Sports Lone Star. What is that? What? Huh? What? Simple Man Sports Lone Star. It is Texas sports only. We're going to be running with the Cowboys, the Texans, the Astros, the Rangers. Okay, we've got Baylor, UT, UMHB. We'll probably touch on a little bit of Aggies. When the time comes, you know, we're going to be dealing with a little bit of Spurs, a little bit of the Mavs, maybe even talk some Rockets. I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. You know what I mean? And we have this Syntax scoreboard that goes down weekly. You will see it. It has, well, see it, hear it. It will depend where you're listening. You're going to be able to find us every week. You can go to SimpleManSports.com. You can go to Facebook. You can go to YouTube, Twitter, like, share, subscribe, whatever you end up finding. I don't know what you're going to find. It depends where you go. But what you will find is nothing but Texas sports when you're here. As I said before, I am your host, Dane Powell, and I exist only to provide drama-free sports across these tasty waves. All right, so first we're going to hop into some college football. We here in the state of Texas, in Central Texas specifically, focus on our Longhorns and our Bears. That's the way it is. It's the way we're going to cover it. And that's the way we're going to look at it right now. And what I'm seeing is Quinn Ewers with some clavicle issues, okay? He landed pretty rough on that thing against Alabama. so. In comes Hudson Card. Hudson Card does all right for the week against UTSA. He goes 15 for 23, 161, and a tutty. Texans win. Excuse me, Texas wins 41-20. That goes down on Saturday. Russian looked okay. Nothing really to write home about. I mean, unless you're talking about 20 carries for 183 yards and three touchdowns from Robinson, number five went crazy in this one. It's really going to be a hallmark one for him, I'd have to say. This this may just go down as the Robinson game, uh, really the highlight of the night. Kind of put Texas back where they needed to be, seventh in the Big 12, 21 overall. Two and one in the standings. We'll see how it plans out and uh, how it pans out in the power rankings here. Now we take it up to Waco to go see the Baylor Bears. This was a huge redemption game for them after what went down at BYU last week. OT loss. It just it didn't sit well. The things the coach was seeing. Didn't look good. Blake Shapen may have been a little bit overwhelmed. This game here against Texas State, super important for the Baylor Bears. Shapen goes out 15 of 26, 184, one touchdown, one interception. But the story of the night was the rushing game from the Bears. They went for 293 on the ground. This was led by Richard Reese, carrying 19 times for 156 yards, and not one, not two, but three trips to the end zone. Baylor really put an exclamation point on this one. They had to redeem themselves from that performance last week at BYU. A little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and I think it panned out for them. And we'll see if they can keep that momentum going on a trip to Iowa State next week. Now, Iowa is number two in their conference, currently undefeated. So the Bears need to put another notch in their belt here, taking a trip to Iowa. Now, we're going to swing out and talk a little bit of Texas A&M because they handled business last night, 17-9 to nine, against the University of Miami. This game overall, pretty pedestrian. Miami puts out 392 yards. AM 264. Johnson went 10 for 20, 140 yards with a touchdown. And no receiver went over 100 yards. Uh, like I said, this one this one was really just Texas AM going and getting it done. They're number 24. Miami's 13. This ought to help their ranking some. We'll see as we get into next week. And next week, A&M is looking at a matchup against number 10 Arkansas at six. So we'll see how that plays out. Arkansas number three in SEC West. If... uh. If a can, can handle that, it ought to look pretty good on the uh, old ranking charts there. For those interested in the Texas Tech game, Texas Tech fell to NC State, number 16. NC State is now 3-0. Texas Tech falls to 2-1. They're eighth in the Big 12. I mean, decent performance out of Smith. 21 for 36, 214, one touchdown, but he gets two picks on the night. Really, it was – I mean, it was a loss, and it shows. NC State came to play. Right now, folks are just going to have to wait until next week's game that Texas Tech is playing at – Home against UT now that's going to be a sweet matchup uh I think Texas goes out handles tech I yours yours is not far away I don't think that clavicle injury was as serious as is as one may think so he may not be he may not be on the bench for as long as we think here and I do believe that some folks have been poking the bear, and here's he's gonna come out with uh, he's gonna come out with a little chip on his shoulder. He's gonna come out with a little something to prove. So he was on the sidelines at yesterday's game, UTSA, throwing, running around a little bit. Not perfect. Probably still just taking it easy. But uh, Longhorns handled it, and I think they handle it again next week against Texas Tech. We'll see. We'll see what that does for the rankings here. And now we take it back to Belton. Mary Harden Baylor destroys Southwestern as the defending Stag Bowl champions move to two and one on the season. The crew is looking at another game against Harden Simmons, number six. They will be going out there for that one. This game here, I mean, 633 yards, really aired it out. 370, 263 on the ground, you know, nothing big, just a moderate little little something for them. 21 in the first, 27 in the second, put 13 on them in the third. And then another seven to top it off in the fourth. Pretty decisive win here. Um, Jerry Day. Big, big, big day for Jerry Day. That's pretty much what went down. 111 yards, three touchdowns. Outstanding, outstanding work. KJ Miller. Put in 106, another two touchdowns to go along with that. I mean, these boys came out to play. It shows in the numbers. Crew looking at another good season. We're going to be right there with them the whole way. All right, you're listening to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. We're doing nothing but Texas sports here. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, We're going to get to our Sentech scoreboard, taking a look at the local teams at the high school level here, folks. Temple, Belton, Colleen Central Texas, you're up next. All right, we are back. Here we are, Simple Man Sports, Lone Star, Central Texas. You can find us at Simplemansports.com, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, interwebs, all that stuff. Find us, like us, share us, subscribe, all of that jazz helps with the uh the Facebooks and the algorithm knots and whatnots and who's and what's and yeah, all that fancy technical jargon. So Help us out there on what we're going to do. We're going to do our part and keep bringing you Texas sports. Right now, we are going to get into a little bit of Texas baseball. Yes, I said it Texas baseball. Rangers, not great. Not great. 63 and 82. I mean, you know, you're 31 and a half games back from the Stros in the AL West. I mean, you got the Mariners ahead of you 80 and 64. It just, you know, rebuild, retool, restart, you got to you got to re-something. Rangers, because this uh, this ain't going to pan out on this track. But, you know, rebuild time frame, and when you got the Strohs, when you got the Strohs in your face, makes things a little bit harder. But they are going to try to finish up this series with the Rays, with the W. I mean, series tied right now, 1-1 and uh you know they split the last series with the athletics so ain't going to be ain't going to be no split in this one uh rays rays may put it put it together they're 81 and 64 right now so that game's going to fire off at 12-10 and uh you know Hopefully you're not looking at another 5-1 loss here in your in your near future. And maybe we can get Texas back up the rankings here a little bit and uh give the Strohs some competition. But as far as the Strohs are concerned, at 95 and 51, they have no problems. They're 8-2 in their last 10. They've been raking. They're taking care of business. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot else they really have to do except ride the season out without getting tired. They've got sixteen ish games left, something like that. They close out with the Phillies. Um yesterday. Took a loss to the Athletics, eight five. Took them the day before that, and before that. So right now, series two one. A's are going to look to tie this series up today at one ten. Stros, well, I feel like uh, feel like they may have some thoughts on that. But, you know, they are on the home stretch here. They are getting ready for some October baseball. And uh, ain't nothing better than that in the MLB scene. So we will keep an eye on the Stros as they answer into the postseason. We'll also keep an eye on the Rangers. But it's kind of like poking a rock with a stick. Just not a lot going on. But we'll let you know what's going on with them when we get it figured out. But right now, we're going to do a little segment that's focused on the high school teams here in Central Texas. Now, when I talk Central Texas, I'm talking about Temple, Belton, Killeen, Parker Heights, this area. This is Central Texas. This is where it's at. This is the heart of Texas football, okay? We've got a segment that I like to call the Centex Scoreboard. All right, so now we've got the Centex Scoreboard. We're going to take a look at some of our local teams, and first we are taking a look at 6A Region 2 District 12 football standings we got a couple of teams on here that we look at and it starts with Harker Heights now Harker Heights is currently number one in the standings even though they just came off of a loss they were looking they were looking at 4-0 but they dropped a 3-1 and it's all right they're still top of the crop there they're tied with Brian at number two Brian's got two wins so They're they're right on the tail of Harker Heights. Another one we'd like to keep an eye on is Copperas Cove. Two and two, coming off of a win, currently sitting number four in those standings. Temple comes in at number six. Two and two, two losses in a row now. So, even though... Yeah, Temple two losses in a row now. And even though you had Christian Tutson putting up 119 and two Tutties, they still took the loss to Arlington Martin by a massive margin. So Temple's got some things to improve on if they want to move up from six. Copper Cove. Sitting there at four, two and two. Same as Temple. Parker Heights, you're on a run, but Brian's on your tail. All right, so taking a look at the five A one Region one District four football standings, we got Colleen sitting at three, two, and one, coming off of a win. Directly under them, we've got the Shoemaker Gray Wolves sitting at three and one, coming off of a win. And under them at number five is Lake Belton. One and one. Nope, excuse me. Three and one. My apologies. Coming off of a loss. So Lake Belton going to look to turn that around. And so is Ellison dropping down two more spots. Ellison is one and two. The Eagles are coming off of a loss and just Red Oak between them and Lake Belton. Now, if Colleen Shoemaker and Lake Belton, with their current records, want to keep making a push, they're going to have to beat Midlothian and Granbury, sitting at 4-0 undefeated right now. So you got to keep pressing on there in uh, District 4. And last but not least, we are looking at the 5A2 Region 3 District 11 football standings. Because we got Belton in here. We can't forget about Belton. Belton is sitting at 2-2 and and just coming off of a loss. But they've got Elgin in front of them, 3-1. It's doable. It's doable. Plenty of football left playing decent, it's doable. A lot of mixing up going here, going on here in Central Texas, divisions, districts, 5A, 6A, New high schools, old high schools, new stadiums, a lot going on in Central Texas, but we're going to try to keep an eye on it for you and always keep you posted on our local area sports teams and student-athletes. This is the Sentex Scoreboard. All right, welcome back into Simple Man Sports Lone Star. We're talking Texas sports only, and you are locked in to some NFL that's about to go down this afternoon. We're going to get started with the Houston Texans. Man, these cats just continue to strive for mediocrity. I mean, you fire up the season with a twenty twenty tie to the Colts. You can't even get it done in overtime. You tied it. I just, you know, I've I've never seen a team more on the precipice of almost. Uh, after all the Deshaun Watson stuff, he's out of there, but they're outlook is great as far as the draft goes so you know they'll they'll get into that scene here shortly but as of right now I don't know I don't I don't see them getting more than maybe seven eight wins tops they did not look great in week one but most of the NFL didn't look great in week one um. They came out, they came out playing some ball. I mean, they they really did. Second and third. I mean, they put up 20. And they, they had a 17 point lead. A 17 point lead in the fourth. And they let off the throttle. I don't know what happened. Defense let off. Offense let off, Colts turned it up, and then both of them let off. And they start the season with a tie. Now, Davis Mills went 23 for 37, 240 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, Um, sneakily efficient. Davis Mills, he – he he does what he needs to do, keeps his percentage up for the most part. Not perfect, but uh, serviceable. Serviceable would probably be the best way to describe Davis Mills. Um, we'll see what his targets can do because, you know, we were expecting a lot more from Damian Pierce coming out. And what we saw was more of Rex Burkhead. Now Rex Rex is playing the the James White role, being the being the dump down option. You know, reliable veteran. You know, he's there. Maybe that's why they're leaning on him a little bit more than Damien at the moment. We'll see. We'll see how it kind of pans out. Brandon Cooks had a good day. Seven seven receptions. 82 yards, respectable. Cooks, is, Cooks has been doing his thing. He's a veteran guy. Uh, Chris Moore, three for 31. He was showing some flashes. He was showing some flashes, some promise. I'd like to see more from Nico Collins. Uh, he went two for 26. Now, the surprise here was Mr. O.J. Howard. Two for 38. Two touchdowns. Two of them. The dude wasn't even a Texan the week prior. I mean, we're talking, we're talking a big end zone target. And I think someone that Mills may end up leaning on pretty heavy. OJ Howard may have a good resurgence here in the league uh down in Texas. So we'll uh We'll see how this season pans out. If 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 a two touchdown performance is any indication of things to come, then uh OJ Howard may quickly become the second option behind Brandon Cook's. Now, today at 425 Eastern, 325 Central, the 001 Houston Texans are at Mile High, Mile High Stadium yeah pretty sure Colorado Denver Owen one went down to Seattle didn't uh didn't go the way most people thought it was gonna go there with uh Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson's return to Seattle uh very very strange ending to that game probably probably only second strangest to. no no it was it was the strangest. It was the strangest ending to a game this week or uh, last week. I mean, uh, Houston Texans were definitely second, though. Um, Very, very conservative down the road. Uh, Hopefully they don't don't do that. I don't think they're going to have an option here with Denver because Russell is going to want to come back. He's at home. He understands that his old home, as we all saw, is not very fond of him anymore and uh he he had the same effect on his own fans they they weren't very fond of him come the end of the night but i i blame more of that on the uh on the conservative play calling there but he's gonna go in there tonight and uh or this afternoon and he is going to attempt to win the hearts and minds of the people of denver um because 0-1 is not how they saw the Russell Wilson era starting. But they may end up doing that at the expense of the Texans. The offense has gotta get has gotta get a fast start like they did last week, if at all possible. They've uh they've gotta try to take advantage of a fast start because Russell's good down the stretch and Houston did not look good down the stretch last week. Uh, defense. I mean, you're, you're dealing, you're dealing with uh Russell and uh, the, the rookie Javante in the backfield. You've got Jerry Judy who had a good performance last week. Look, look real good. Uh, I don't believe KJ Hamler is going to be out there, but the problem is is that Houston let off the gas on defense last week too. Now Hughes looked good. Hughes had a good performance last week. They just let off. They let off and the rest is going to rely on uh Lubby Smith and Davis Mills and I got I got the Broncos taking this one. Houston's going to start 01 and 1. Yeah. The Texans not a hot spot for offensive production. Um in the fantasy realm of things here the only serviceable players that you're gonna find on the Texans for fantasy purposes Brandon Cooks Davis Mills like I said he's middle of the road um you know so not something I would rely on for fantasy purposes Brandon Cooks though he's 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 the number one target for Mills um So he's going to get the target share there on behalf of Mills. And as long as Mills maintains his serviceable demeanor out there on the field, then, uh, you know, Cook should, should fare well this season. I've got him probably, I don't know. I'd say he tops 800 yards this year. You know, that depends on, on how the rest of the receiving, the rest of the receiving core steps up their game. Uh, as far as the backfield goes, I would love to see more from Damian Pierce. He just didn't get the share last week. I don't know if they're ready to commit to him, but they're going to lean on Burkhead. Uh, Burkhead's probably a good flex at best in your in your deeper deeper leagues. You know, 12, 14, he might be an RB2 option especially if you're looking at PPR I think he's going be a he's he's gonna be a good option safeguard for uh for Mills in the short game so Rex Burkhead cooks and uh you know my sleeper my sleeper for this team kind of going forward is going to be OJ Howard now I don't know how many targets he's gonna get <sighs> outside of the red zone does he turn into a security blanket for mills maybe i think he turns into the number two option but i think that his target share uh oj howard's that is his target share is going to be more inside of 20 yards uh big body maybe a year resurgence for him so look at look at oj howard as a sleeper for uh Fantasy tight end if you're, if you're looking for some options out there. But if you think you're going to be using somebody, you better get it figured out soon because this game is getting fired up at 425 Eastern, 325 Central. Houston and Denver. They're going to go and see if they can't take care of business occur against uh, Russell Wilson there. So, Broncos and Texans, 325. The – other game with all kinds of attention this week is, of course, the Cowboys game. So, last week was a devastating blow for any Dallas fan. Every Dallas fan. Dak's done for several weeks. Hand injury. Uh, we saw Cooper Rush had to come in. Uh, Before going out, Dak went 14 for 29, 134 yards and an interception, Uh, but busted his hand up. Uh, Initial reports were not great. Six to eight weeks. Jerry Jones seems to think it's going to be more on the four to six weeks. I say split the difference. He's out at least six weeks. I mean – you come in before that, you you're gonna bust yourself up. And that's you're already dinged up, got scratches and dents all over the place, man. You know, you're lucky you got paid. You got you got the paycheck, man, but now you're hurt again. And they're having to lean on Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush stepped in, went seven for 13 for 64 yards. Uh Cooper Rush is not Dak Prescott. Um, The Cowboys already had their hands full before Dak went down. I mean, you know, CeeDee Lamb is the top receiving threat on the Cowboys. Next closest, you could argue Gallup. Or Schultz. Gallup is hurt right now. Still not on the field. Schultz, respectable. Decent tight end. But he's got a rapport with Prescott. I'm not sure that he has that same rapport with Rush. Neither does C.D. Lamb. But with that being said, there's no more Amari Cooper to draw coverage. So C D Lamb's going to be drawing all the bad dudes in coverage, all your your, your Jalen Ramsey's and such. Um, well, Jalen Rams got destroyed in week one, but you know that that your your tier one caliber corners are going to be the guys that are on Lamb and without Gallup, your secondary corner option is going to be all over Schultz. So, Cooper Rush is, in my opinion, going to be dumping off quite a bit. We'll see how it pans out because Ezekiel Elliott has not looked great. And the other option in the back is Tony Pollard, but neither one one of them were very productive last week against Tampa. I mean, Tampa walked away with a 19-3 victory. Dallas starts off 0-1. Dallas starts off banged up, beat them in total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, yards per play. I mean, all over the place. And of course, you have to attribute some of that to to Dak being knocked out of the game. But uh this is this is what we've got to look at now this is the future for at least the next six weeks, in my opinion. This is this is what's going to be happening. And you would hope that with the amount of money that he gets paid that the team would be able to lean on Elliott a little bit more. But Elliott looked like he's looked for the past couple of years. He looks tired. He doesn't have that explosion. But they've got Pollard right there. Pollard has looked explosive he looked explosive at the end of last season uh in the preseason outside of his his pass blocking uh in my opinion he's the better option at this point over Ezekiel Elliott uh unless unless Zeke can I don't know maybe they gotta feed the guy or something you know I just I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the performance I didn't see the performance last week. You know, see, ten carries, fifty-two yards. Tony, you that wasn't wasn't great for you neither. Uh, Z, you'll one catch, negative three yards, and then you know Pollard, two catches for fourteen. You know, it's it's fine, but it, you, I don't, I don't know where they're going to pull offense from. O line banged up went out and picked up an ancient jason peters jason peters hasn't been good since before the eagles won this past super bowl that they won you know he was he was injured for that season he went to chicago i just i don't know whatever he's on there moral of the story is cowboys offense is in trouble and this week They are going up against the Bengals, who is obviously high octane offense. Um, You know their performance last year speaks for itself. But you're talking about you know Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. uh, You got Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield. I there's still a lot of offense there. I know their offensive line hasn't been great. And that means that Michael Parsons is gonna feast. Uh, Michael Parsons is going to be all over Joe Burrow. And uh Dallas needs it, Dallas needs the defense to step up. Um, the secondary digs look mediocre uh this past week. Like to see more out of him. You better see more out of him because at 325 Central today. Jamar Chase, T Higgins are going to be right in his face. And if he ain't there with them, then they're going to be running past him. Uh those are those are two bad dudes and and Joe Joe Burrow's no slouch. So they have got their work cut out for them this afternoon. Bengals coming off a loss last week. They are uh they're they're looking to bounce back from that one Cowboys in a tough spot for this week's matchup. Uh, Bengals Bengals are going to take this one, in my opinion. Uh, Cowboys are going to go to 0-2 a- after this game. It's it's not great because the Washington Commanders looked decent at the second half of that game last week. We'll see, of course, if Carson Wentz and them guys can really start stringing some stuff together. McLaurin. Samuel, we'll see what they can put together. Barkley and the Giants looked good. Uh, Some decent offense coming out of there. The Eagles looked great. A little messy on the tail end of things, but they look phenomenal. As it stands right now, the Eagles are ahead of the pack here in the NFC East. The Cowboys are going to have to try to stand tough until they can get Prescott back. As far as fantasy goes for this game, there's a lot of question marks with Cooper Rush under center. He's he's serviceable. He's got a good arm. Will he be able to get CD in coverage? Is he going to be leaning on Schultz? Is he going to be dumping down to Elliott Pollard? Tough telling. Uh, mm, I mean, you almost have to play CD Lamb. You almost have to play Schultz, even with Rush under center. Uh Elliot. Elliot's a good flex, I guess. If if he gets the the workload, maybe the checkdowns. But I think a majority of the checkdowns. May go to Pollard. And as I said before, Pollard has looked explosive in his limited attempts and touches. Uh look for look for Pollard to be a good sleeper in this one. Uh, but Dallas, Dallas has their work cut out for them. But we're gonna see how they fare today at uh 425 Eastern, 325 Central that's gonna do it for this week's coverage of texas sports i am your host dane powell and this is simple man sports lone star you can find us at simplemansports.com on facebook twitter youtube is where you can find our videos be sure to like share and subscribe thanks for tuning in and y'all take it easy